This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Who do I want to be? Instead of what I want to run away from, what do I want to run toward? What gets me excited every day? You don't have to know all the answers, but at least have a destination in mind that gets you psyched when you get up on a Monday morning. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're talking about finding life's purpose. Yes, each day we all have a variety of things that we do to fill up our time, right? We sleep, we eat, we take care of ourselves, we take care of our family, we work, we take care of household responsibilities, and so much more. At a certain point in time, we may ask ourselves, what am I doing all this for? Why am I here? What is my purpose? And am I really pursuing that purpose to the best of my ability? To help us answer some of these difficult questions, I've invited John Strelecki on the show today. John is the number one best-selling inspirational author of many books, including one that I recently loved called The Cafe on the Edge of the World. His works have been translated into 43 languages and sold more than 9 million copies worldwide. When John isn't writing or speaking, he spends extensive time backpacking around the world. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. Great to be here. Absolutely. Well, I really enjoyed your book, so I'm uh, honored to have you on and talk about these big questions. So I understand you had a life-changing event at 33 years old that sort of inspired your pursuit of your life's purpose. Can you tell us about that event? I did, yeah. I was working, my backstory is a little confusing in terms of how many times I changed careers, did different things, (laughs) sometimes of my own choosing, sometimes out of situations completely out of my control. But leading right up to the moment you're describing, I was working as a management consultant. And so I had done that for about four or five years. And you'd get up at, eh, I'd say, four in the morning to catch your flight on a Monday out to some destination. And you'd be working until 11 o'clock every night. You'd fly back home on a Friday late at night, and then you do the whole thing again the next week. And so that was my life. And then I decided at some point that if I kept doing that, what would I look like? Where would my life be like? And so I decided to leave it all behind, went and backpacked around the world on $40 a day for about a year. And that transformed my view of existence. Wow, I'm sure that it did. So talk to me about that moment when you said, okay, this isn't for me. How did you start to re-examine what would be for you? at that moment. Yeah, you know, there's a great quote. It's, are the steps you're taking today getting you one step closer to where you want to be tomorrow? And honestly, at that moment in my life, I was looking at the steps that I was taking and asking myself that question, although I didn't know the quote at that time. And the truth is that the steps that I was taking were not getting me closer to where I wanted to be. They were just getting me somewhere else. And there's nothing wrong with the destination that they were getting me to. Like other people were on that path and that was fine. That was great for them. But honestly, Andy, in my heart of hearts, what I wanted to do since I was a little kid was to go be in an adventure and see the world, see the animals of the world, meet the people of the world, see the cultures of the world. And I just wasn't doing that. And I was getting older and older. And I thought, if I don't do it now, maybe I'll never do it. And that was a traumatizing thought. Sometimes it's the potential pain that you don't want to have to deal with. 
that can be a great motivator to take the steps that you want, ideally you want to take anyway. Talk about that pain, because some of us, this is a financial show, we like to talk about money on here. There's a big difference between probably make a consultant salary to living on $40 a day. How did you make that transition? Was it an immediate rip of the Band-Aid or did that take some time for you to get used to? Talk about that a little bit. No, you know, I honestly, I was at the place mentally where I thought to myself, if I have to pay this off for the rest of my life, I'm going to go travel and do the adventures that I want anyway. I didn't really know how much it was going to cost when I got out there. And then I got out there and realized, holy cow, you can backpack the world on $40 a day. And, you know, for like $100 a day, you can live like a king out there. So that radically transformed my perception of how much you actually need to retire, which was a wonderful mental shift for me when I came back from the trip because I had a... You know, it's one thing if you learn that at 65, once you've quote unquote regularly retired, but to learn it earlier in life was really valuable because it shifted my perception on what I needed to do in the life that I potentially could create with some very small little tweaks compared to having to spend my life consulting. That's a really good insight. And I think a lot of times we talk about the pursuit of minimalism or the pursuit of less so that you can get more. But sometimes that journey can take months or years or decades, depending on how long you're stretching it out. And in your case, this was almost immediate. Is that right? Yeah, because when you, the only thing you own at that point is whatever can fit between your butt and your head and your backpack and off you are. And honestly, at that point in my life, I was never happier than out there doing what in my heart of hearts I knew that I wanted to do. And so that, I write about that in the cafe on the edge of the world, that the money thing is really interesting from a psychological perspective. Because one of the things that drives us to get more money and have more money, and I actually have no issues with money. As a matter of fact, we can spend some time talking about that because I think a healthy perspective about money is really critical to life. What I realized is the reason that I was pursuing money so much before that is because I wanted to be happier. And I thought if I finally had enough, then I could be happier. What I discovered was that the more I was doing what I wanted to be doing in my life, the more minutes of every day, then the money became more of a sidebar conversation. You know, it was less about having to buy that thing that made me feel better about all the time I was spending at work. So that was a huge mind shift. Yeah, I don't think you get a whole lot of training in that in life. And sometimes you just need to experience it. At least that was certainly the case with me. The shift of focus appeared to you, I guess, how society is, how we are here in the States, can influence what we pursue. What we pursue is going to give us that happiness. So it sounds like it was a radical mind shift for you. Yeah, it was a question of currency. Right, because you can view currency as what I view currency as now in my life, and I'm a parent, and I know you're a parent, and so to me, the real currency that matters is how many minutes every day I get to spend doing what I want to do in the ways that I want to do them with the people that I want to do them with, and so that was a big shift in terms of what the real currency of life is. I think sometimes maybe that can only come with age, but maybe not. Maybe people are smart enough to figure it out earlier. I wasn't, but I'm not saying it's impossible. But once you have that perspective, then you, again, you, you make decisions differently. Yeah, I love talking to those younger people than us, at least, that have had that epiphany earlier on. But it does sometimes take the time and the experience to realize that, yeah, the pursuit of more and more doesn't actually get you more happiness. So talk to us about how your life is different now as a parent, as you're describing too, than it was in your early 30s, late 20s. Yeah. I mean, back then, as I said, I was working to make money doing a job that I didn't love. And then I would take the money and then spend it on the things that I did love. So at least I was focused on, okay, I want to have a life that I get to do some things that I love. 
that was good. That was part of the way there. But now I actually get paid to do the things that I love. And that's awesome. It has a positive impact on people. So it's 100% aligned with my values of what is most important to me, what is my purpose on the planet. And the best, this is what I call Zone 3X in terms of thinking about the ways you spend your time as it relates to things that are going to generate money for you is that I actually make money while I sleep. That's the best. So you do something that you love, that has the kind of impact that you want to have, and it's going on even when you're not on the mic, even when you're not standing there collecting money at the cash register of a bookstore. So that, again, is a big difference in perspective because I think most of us, our first job, you get paid by the hour. So you're trading minutes for dollars. And then hopefully the salary gets growing and growing and growing. So the amount you're getting paid per hour is pretty good. You can live with that. But it still only shows up when you show up. And so I think the new currency, and this is the young generation is really great at this, is saying to themselves, hmm, what can I create that has an evergreen perspective in terms of my income generating potential that doesn't require me to be 100% present there? And potentially has an impact on people's lives in a huge way. And in your case, 9 million books sold can really have that impact both personally, financially, as well as just a broader impact on society. So let's talk about this battle here between, okay, I need some money to be happy, but I know that more pursuit of it doesn't necessarily make me more happy. So would you say that money can't buy happiness? I would actually not say that. Yeah. And I know that that may sound a little bit contrarian, but here's the thing that I read. This was a huge aha, huge epiphany about money. Uh, I grew up in a household where the message that I was told, and that this is just what they knew, so no negative associated with it, but this is what they knew and this is what was passed along. They said, if somebody has a lot of money, at some point they must have ripped somebody off. They could still be a nice person. They could still be doing you know, positive things, but at some point they must have ripped somebody off to have that kind of money. And I carried this with me, Andy, for a long, long time. And my friends would always say, dude, we don't get it. Like, you'll be super successful at something. It'll seem to be going in the right direction. And then you will self-sabotage. You will quit. You will dramatically drop it at some moment. You'll blow it up in some capacity. Like, why? And I would always just kind of shuff it off to the side. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Whatever, whatever. What I realized is that I had that belief system in my head that if you have a lot of money at some point, you must have ripped somebody off. This was in direct conflict with my value, which was I want to be a great person. I want to make a positive impact on the world. So as soon as I started to get enough wealth that I was going to hit that other marker, I would destroy it. So the great thing about belief systems is that you can totally change them with a single or double data point. And so at some point, I asked myself the question, hmm, who do I know that is very wealthy that actually is doing great things for the world? And two names popped up into my head. One was Oprah Winfrey, and the other one was a guy named Wayne Dyer, who is a famous author. He's dead now, but a great author, great human being. And honestly, Andy, once I had that perception, it shifted my mindset to the point that I could see money as what it actually is. And this is the way that I view it today. Money is actually a thank you. So whatever you're doing, right? If people love your podcast, and they do, right? At some point, they're going to say thank you. And they say thank you by listening. And the more they listen, the more you can get a sponsor. If people love my books, which I'm honored to say that they do, then they're going to say thank you. And the way they say thank you is by buying more of them as gifts for their friends, as gifts for their kids, whatever. If we're not comfortable receiving that thank you because of our beliefs about money, we will never be able to fully reach our potential in terms of the positive impact we can have in the world. 
Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. I think there's a lot of those internal beliefs that come from past experiences, maybe traumatic moments, our childhood. And I think if we can take the time to really analyze those and see where that really comes from, that can be a very oh, cathartic moment, could be a very big moment in your life to maybe make some change and move you towards your purpose for existing. So let's talk about that, this PFE word in your book that I loved. I loved how it's just broken down into a nice acronym. So talk to us about what you mean by a PFE and then maybe some initial steps that people could take to find their PFE. Yeah, your PFE is your purpose for existing. In the cafe on the edge of the world, there's three questions that the guy discovers. The guy wanders into a cafe in the middle of the middle of nowhere and he finds this strange place And there's three questions in the back of the cafe menu, which makes the place seem even more strange to him. And the first one is, why are you here? And not why are you in the cafe, as he comes to realize, but why are you here? Why are you on the planet? What is your purpose? And that, again, is such an interesting thought exercise to realize that this human experience that we go through is quite the gift. And what are we going to do with that gift? You know, if if you and I sat down, Andy, and you were like, hey, I got this great game to play. Awesome, right? And probably the very first question I would ask you is like, how do we play? And how do you win? What's, you know, what's the point of the game? 
we are in the midst of one of the greatest games ever, which is life. And yet, very rarely when we're younger does someone sort of explain the rules of the game and how you win. I think it's what we talked about before. I think it's the minutes of your life that you get. And to really fill those minutes in a way that feel meaningful to you, it's really useful to ask that question. Why am I here? What is my purpose? Now, maybe it's a dual-edged purpose or a multi-element purpose. Maybe you say, I want to be an amazing parent. Maybe you say, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to help people do their accounting work. I don't know. Everybody's answer is going to be different. But allowing yourself to ask that question, why am I here and what do I really want to do with my life? Then you can align your resources. And we often think of resources as financial, but there's time, there's energy, there's so many different elements to resources. But once you know your purpose, you can align all of those resources towards that purpose, and then it changes, right? And obviously, from the little I know about your story, and, and I know it from listening to your show, but like I, I don't know you personally, so I can't know the full backstory, but at some point, you made that shift, right? What, what clicked in the Andy story, in the Andy brain, that all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, this is what I want to do. It was a, a similar point that you had in your journey. I was spending a lot of time doing something that I wasn't passionate about, a little time spent on the things that I was passionate about, being a present father, impacting people, helping people. And I wanted to make that shift gradually over time, as it was, for the betterment of my family. And I'm so glad that I did, because I can't <laughs> imagine continuing down that path. As you said, almost vulnerably, I would have spent, you know, more money than I had just to get that spot. And that's where I was feeling. I was feeling low. I was feeling depressed. I was feeling like I had no control of my life. And if I didn't make those bold choices with the help of my wife, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be as happy as I am today. So I feel the same way. That's awesome. <laughs> and what you just described is I think one of the great aha moments for all of us is that dissatisfaction, there's a great Buddhist quote, dissatisfaction is the first step to enlightenment. It's that moment of down, which at the time doesn't feel so great, but that is going to be the moment that starts to transform your life in a different direction. Embrace that moment to ask yourself, why is this part of my story right now? Where is this going to take me? And then I would love to hear the answer to this. For me, once you know that you don't want to stay where you are, the question is, where do you want to go? That goes back to that purpose question, why am I here? And then if you can find a couple of role models out there, I call them who's, who's out there doing, seeing, and experiencing the life that I want to live, then your brain goes, well, what the heck? Look at this. Andy's doing this cool thing where he followed his heart and it worked out okay. John, look, dude became an author. He didn't know what he was doing and it worked out okay. Then I think our brain can start to get comfortable with these kind of changes that we're talking about. I mean, did you have someone, was there a role model in your story? I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew that it wasn't what I was doing, but I knew that there were things that I enjoyed doing. So I said, well, why don't I just take a step in that direction? And at the time it was podcasting. It was something that I liked learning through audio. And there was a guy, Scott Allen Turner, who had a show called Financial Rockstar at the time. And I just liked listening to him. I liked the advice that he gave. I liked that he was open and present and helpful for people as they had questions. And I'm like, hey, same thing. If that guy can do it, why can't I? And that was inspiring. And my first guest on my show was Scott. So I appreciated his openness to helping me as well as being that example for me to help me grow and try something brand new that is counterculture. Really, it really is counterculture. And that's such a great example of something that I think we are led to believe won't happen. So here you've got a guy who's doing the same thing that you're going to do. Now you're going to add your own, you know, Andy version of it. But I think our brains might tell us, 
there's no way that anybody's going to help you because you're competition for them. And yet that wasn't the case. And that's what I have found in my life as well, that when you're excited about traveling the world and you talk to another traveler, they cannot wait to tell you all the cool places to visit. It's not like they're hoarding those places. And when someone loves podcasting and the joy that they get from interacting with others, it's very likely that they will give you good pieces of advice. And in your case, they were actually on your show as your very first guest. That is a pretty dramatic mind shift and belief system shift that I think anybody who's listening, please take Andy's story to heart. And I've got plenty of examples in my own life as well where people came out of the woodwork to be helpful when theoretically my brain would have said, that's competition. Other authors, right? Because you could say, oh, geez, you're writing a book. I've already got a book. Like if they read your book instead of my book. But the truth is that there is plenty of listeners out there. There's plenty of time for people to be listening to podcasts. There's plenty of time for people to be reading. When people love what they do, they love to help other people love that too. And plenty of time for people to be reminded of a similar message too, maybe heard in a different tone or from a different delivery source where the way that this story hit me, I've also read, I don't want to say similar stories, but in the same vein, but this one hit me in a specific way because it had different characters and the way it was delivered. And I really appreciated that. You know, John, one thing that you brought up when you brought up that Buddhist quote is there's a bit of something in our culture that I feel gets put out there as sort of self-sacrifice or hard work or there's nobility in the grind. And I think that almost is the opposite of looking internally and seeing how to serve yourself first so that you can serve others. Have you found that as you've been speaking or delivering your messages that maybe that is ingrained in our culture a bit? Yeah, I'll tell you. So I had an amazingly cool experience. I was in Taiwan doing an event, a book event, and it's a it's an island, so it's in the middle of the ocean. And so maybe there's some elements of the energy associated with that. Or maybe it's just because of the flow of their culture. I'm not sure. But I was doing an interview and they asked me a question similar to that. And I had this thing pop into my head. So I'm going to share a very brief story with you because I think it's relevant to this. I think the American culture, because it's such a wonderful mix of different spirits, different energies, different cultures, different ethnicities, backgrounds, et cetera. We have a, it is the melting pot. It truly is like this mix mash of everything, people from all over the world. And that's awesome. And one of the things that gets ingrained in us because of the success stories that people have is the element of working hard. And I started working when I was 12 years old. And I can honestly say that it is my work ethic that is one of the reasons that I am as successful as I am. I do. I, I, I will outwork anybody on a project that I am passionate about. But that's the key right there. If you can be as good as you are at work you don't really care about. I was a very, very good consultant and I didn't love that job. My guess is you were really good at what you did even though you didn't love it. So with a tiny directional tweak where now you're doing something that you actually care about. If you apply that same amount of energy, you're going to be more successful because you will glow, you'll smile, people will be drawn to you. But the thing is, and this is where the whole game changes, because you love it, you're drawn to do it even better than you were already doing this other thing. And that is spectacular. And there's something else in there. I think, again, historically, our culture was sort of the kind of the tough guy type story, right? And so nothing's going to stop me. I'll burn, you know, I'll punch my way through this, whatever. And it's kind of in our films. It's kind of in whatever. But here's the thing that I learned when I was about to do that interview. And that is that think of your, your journey as like a river, like a river going down a, str a stream, going down a mountain. 
And along the way, there are giant rocks, there are tree trunks in the water. My philosophy used to be kind of based on what we're talking about. My goal is to get to the bottom. That's the destination. Those are the things that I want to do. That's the PFE that I want to live. Now, I, as the water, hit this giant boulder. Now, historically, my take would have been, there is no way this thing is going to stop me. I will back up and I will run right into that again. And I will do that 10 million times until I finally get through it because that is what we're taught. Never give up, keep moving forward. The thing though is that water is so much more efficient about this. Water, if you watch it in a down moving river, will hit the rock, it will back up, it will swirl, and then it will find what in physics is called the path of least resistance. It does not give up on the destination but it does not keep beating itself into the rock repeatedly 10 million times. Instead, it flows around that obstacle and goes towards its destination. This was the big aha for me, right? It's not about giving up. I don't give up, but I am willing to move away from the point of conflict to find an easier way to get to where I want to go. That I think is a cultural shift. And if we can embrace that, it just makes life so much easier. The natural portions of nature in general can teach us those things. And again, you highlight a lot of that in the book. There's somebody listening right now and they feel stuck, John. They're working in that job that they have. They've got two, three, four kids at home they need to provide for and they feel stuck. They don't like what they do. They feel like they have to keep doing it though, but they know that they are not pursuing their purpose for existence. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that person? Well, first, I would honor them for their willingness to evaluate their life with an open and honest fashion. A lot of times we run away from the thing that we don't want and we bury it with, I don't know, other behaviors, substances, et cetera. So we just cover up the pain instead of really addressing what's underlying the pain. And so I would admire the, for the person, first of all, for stepping back and asking themselves these questions. That's awesome. That's the first step to living the life that you truly want. And then I would say beyond that, it's allowing yourself to follow a very proven methodology. Step one is, who do I want to be? Instead of what I want to run away from, what do I want to run toward? What gets me excited every day? You don't have to know all the answers, but at least have a destination in mind that gets you psyched when you get up on a Monday morning. Knowing that destination, then we talked about this a little bit, finding those who's helps your brain realize it's actually possible to do this. I'm not trying to chart uncharted territories. I'm actually just trying to head in a direction that others have proven it's possible to go. Associated with that, drop all jealousy. Jealousy is a complete waste of an emotion. The fact that somebody else has achieved remarkable success is a pure indicator to our brains that it is possible. They have carved a path through the jungle. All we got to do is walk a similar path, but in our own style, as you said, right? Add your flair, add your genius, add your unique twist to it. But they have proved that it's actually possible. And that's a wonderful thing. So don't be jealous. Uh, admire the fact and grateful for the fact that they carved it through the jungle. And then I would say, allow yourself flexibility of time to get there. And I do know this from your story and hearing your show that you made a transition, right? You, you were passionate about this. You clearly are good at it. You bring a ton of energy, Andy, every time I listen to one of your shows. And I would imagine that's, that's unique to the essence of Andy. Like That was something you probably did well before you became a podcast host. That was you. And so you did that and you probably did it in your other job, but you also realized it was working really good in the podcast thing. And over time, and I would love to hear your answer to this. My guess is over time, you started to see an increase in your income stream, an increase in your joy in doing this. And it made sense at some point for you to just cut the cord. Now, there was probably a bit of a leap of faith because there almost always is with these things. But you had 
he had proven the thesis that you were good at this, that you were passionate about it, and that people were responding in a way that was going to make sense financially. When we do those things and we release ourselves from having to make it happen this second, we've got a role model. It just makes it easier for our brain. And that is the whole thing. Everybody can do this. Everybody's got genius within them. Just use the steps that are proven to make it easier as a process so that your brain can get comfortable with it. But is that true? Would you say that that's true in terms of your story? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would say all three of those things happen. And as far as the planning, I'm uberly conservative when it comes to you know your financial planning and everything like that. So for me, it was saving up oodles of money in a savings account that would cover me for a year, even if I totally messed up, and then having contracts and proving that I actually can make money with it. Started the business in January 2020, felt very, very comfortable. Global pandemic comes in and slaps me on the side of the face. Three years later, I'm still running here, man. It's going great. So the preparation helped to me financially and emotionally to make that leap and uh, also having a fantastic partner to, to push me along as well. So I had a lot of great things in my court, but having those role models to see that it can be done and a good community behind you really helped me as well. So I couldn't agree more. I think it's fantastic advice. And I think that a lot of people can get inspired by these words, as well as the words you have in this fantastic book. John, can you tell us more about this book, where to get it? And then obviously, you've got a bunch of other books that are inspiring people. I got to grab those too. Tell people where they can connect. Yeah, it's the cafe on the edge of the world. You can find it on Amazon. That's probably the easiest place where everyone gets content these days as far as it goes for books. I do share additional content through, we have a podcast as well, the John Strelecki Audio Experience. And so cool ideas that have not made its way into book form or cool conversations that we're thinking about, we share those on a weekly basis and love to do that as well. In terms of other places to reach me, Instagram is probably the easiest way. And uh, this year we have a very cool campaign. We give away $1,000. We fund someone's dream every 21 days during all of 2023. We've already funded seven dreams, I believe, this year. So it's easy. You just get on our Instagram account at John Strelecki. We'd love to fund your dream in 2023. I love that. Talk about putting your money where your passion is, right? Talking about your money where your PFE is. I love it. John, thank you. Well, you know, as you get older, I think what you realize is you want to help the next generation. And that's kind of where we're at. Absolutely. And that's, I'll be honest with you, as you've asked me to share throughout this interview, that's why I do the show. I want to inspire others to have a fantastic family life. And I think that having this preparation and conversations like this can really make that feel possible and give us the examples of people who've done it. So John, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a great day. By getting intentional with our journey, we can better craft a life we love. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with John Strelecki. Number one, find your PFE. As a reminder, your PFE is your purpose for existing, according to Mr. John Strelecki. It's why you're here. It's why you want to get up in the morning. And if you don't know what your PFE is yet, that's okay. Not a lot of people do. So take some time to think about what gets you excited, what motivates you, what inspires you, and find your PFE. Number two, find examples to encourage you. A lot of us really don't know what we want out of life. We don't know what our PFE is, and that's okay, right? What can help is finding an example of someone you admire or a lifestyle you think is interesting or intriguing. You don't have to copy that person or their lifestyle. Instead, find a way to craft your own version of it. I'll give you an example. I did this with podcasting. Having listened to dozens of shows, I found someone 
Scott Allen Turner, the financial rock star, that I admired. With Scott's example, I started my own podcast and I put my own spin on it. I even had the chance to interview Scott on my podcast as my very first guest. And eventually, I got to thank him in person at a conference that we went to. Now, seven years later, my podcast has allowed me to leave my corporate nine to five lifestyle behind, one that I wasn't inspired by it. I knew it wasn't my PFE. And now it's a way for me to connect with interesting people like John Strzelecki and continue to modify and tweak the type of lifestyle that I want to have. Now, I'm not telling you to start a podcast. Just find someone you admire and use their example to get you motivated to improve your life. Number three, take intentional steps. John shared the quote, are the steps you're taking today getting you one step closer to where you want to be tomorrow? Hmm, I like that one a lot. By asking ourselves that very question, we need to first analyze what steps we're taking. Is this purchase getting me closer to where I want to go? Is this time commitment I'm about to accept getting me closer to where I want to go? Is this decision I'm making right now getting me closer to where I want to go? Now, you might not be able to answer all those questions right away, but if you start to check in with yourself more and become more intentional, you can slowly start taking intentional steps that lead you to your PFE. And those are my top three takeaways, everybody. I would love to hear from you on what yours were. Please hit me up on social media at Marriage Kids and Money on Instagram and Facebook or at Andy Hill MKM on LinkedIn. Let's keep this conversation going. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific situation. A big thanks to Dan Tabbitt for editing our show today, Mandy Burt for her stellar writing as always, and Josh Doring for his support as our new executive assistant. Everybody, this content is not possible without these folks, so Andy can only get so much credit, really, honestly. Thank you all so much for your support and making this show go. Hey, if you want to create some more connections with like-minded people who are on a mission to improve their family's finances, well, you should join us in our Thriving Families Facebook group. This is a free Facebook group focused on helping young families thrive. We share good news. We offer an opportunity for small business owners to plug their stuff in the middle of the week and inspire people on their own journeys. We welcome people. We even have get-togethers depending on uh, where Andy is in the country at the time. Uh, we got one coming up in Detroit. So anyway, one thing we do each week is we ask our members to share some family financial wins they've had. Recently, new group member Mike shared this great news. We paid off our remaining credit card debt slash kids' medical bills last week. That, Mike, is awesome. Congratulations on this family win. Talk about being intentional and taking those intentional steps toward the life you want to live. I'll take some liberties with Mike's PFE based on his profile page on Facebook that I was creeping on. I mean, it's not creeping on because like we're all in the group together and then it shows our pictures. Anyway, too much detail. What I'm going to assume is that Mike cares about his family. So one of his PFEs is probably being a father who takes care of his kids. Maybe that's one of his purposes for existing. And maybe another one of his PFEs might be being a good partner to his wife. And then I'll add another assumption. It's being a part of a community that helps others thrive. He wants to give back. He wants to share. He wants to support others who are on a similar mission. 
Mike, thank you so much for sharing with us and showing us what's possible, giving us that example that debt freedom can happen if we focus and continue to press on as families. Can I get a round of applause for our friend Mike for sharing with us? All right, Mike. Very cool. Thank you very much for sharing and opening up and being transparent with us. If you are looking to make some connections with like-minded people and get inspired by their family financial wins, please check out our free Thriving Families Facebook community. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. That is marriagekidsandmoney.com slash community. I hope to see you there. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Henry David Thoreau. I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach and not, when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. Here's to taking time for yourself so you can become your best self. Carpe diem. 